It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. And so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Happy Monday! The ultimate Cleveland sports show. I hope you had a great weekend, even though they missed on the weather forecast. Why they said it was It was supposed to be great weather Saturday and Sunday. And it poured down rain. Yesterday was almost a complete washout boat day. I was not happy. I mean, I mean, not how, happy. I mean, how many did you want? Well, base Saturday's my baseball day. Okay. So by the oh, time my game oh, was over oh. and I got to the boat, it was, you know, Saturday evening. We did a nice dinner outside, beautiful weather Saturday, but mm-hmm. hoping to boat all day Sunday. And it was good till like two, and then it was, <laughs> it was hey, trash but, rain. And you know, listen, you see, that's the difference. Like, See if you boating with black people, we we see the we see the clouds coming immediately. We you might, know, hey, you know hey, well hey. in advance. We gotta go, Jay. We gotta. <laughs> what is that? Black people yeah, radar? Yeah, right, 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 Jay. Over there, like you see the. Earl, you co-sign this? Oh, well, I don't get on no boats. Period. Like, he, <laughs> I can't swim. I the reason I know is because Earl was flashing me from the light from the light yeah. tower. Oh, I see. And yeah. he was telling me, and I was I go, like, Hey, I yo, go, we gotta I go. go. Deep. <laughs> Funny story, real quick. So when I was in high school, went to Collinwood High School. And we had a swimming class, uh, Coach Banner. Shout out to Coach Banner. And I'm taking a class. I had these long-ass flippers on with the board to right. try to learn how yeah. to tread water. Yeah. So I go across with the board. Everything is fine. I come back without the board, and I panic. I try to stand up, and the flipper is <laughs> kind of getting caught. So I'm kind of going crazy up under the water, can't stand up on my feet. And that's it for you. And I thought I was going to drown. <laughs> I was in three feet of water. How could you not touch? <laughs> I, I ain't know what to do. I almost panicked. Everybody's sitting there laughing at me. That he's, was it. He's the person that, that was they it. tell you, do never try to rescue somebody that don't know how to swim. Yeah. They will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so the only the only water you've seen since is the shower. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that is great. That's that. it. Bro, if that. you gave me 20 minutes, I'd have you swimming like a fish. I believe you. I'm not kidding. I believe you. But you'd have to trust me. I trust you. You'd I- have to relax. And you'd have to listen. That's the that's the relaxed part. Is that's the, the hardest part. I've that's tried the people, hardest part. I've tried teaching people before that I always say they don't want to learn. Yeah. You know they're just they're they're convinced in their head they can't. But if the if you let go of that thought, you can you can do it. Man, I, I shout out to my parents. Now they try to put me in a good situation to be a well-rounded young man. Gave you me know, swimming lessons. Got me swimming lessons at a very early age. Good. Now what happened was I had an instructor that scarred me for life. No, no. That was me. I hit the wrong button. My bad. Bro, you know we're supposed you to know, I know. You guys you did. That was amazing. That was me. I uh, tried I was to refresh <laughs> the page. I clicked the fast right, button. If you're going to hit the wrong button again, just don't hit that one. Because <laughs> no, that's hit, like the nuclear button. I know. I hit the out one before I screw anything else up. That's my bad, my bad, my bad. Hand up. Wrong button. 
Again. Again. No, that was the out because I started the in, then I did oh, the out. Oh, oh, so okay. that's, that's hand up. I literally my was looking at G Bush. I wasn't. I didn't look. I couldn't see a monitor. Nope, that was and me G Bush's eyes got this button. big. I said, "Dang, bro, this is the first, the first five minutes." Nope, nope, nope. That, that's me being stupid, hitting the wrong button. <laughs> the guy, the guy, the guy. He was out. He put everybody who was supposed to put their head underwater. And I'm like, bro, this is the second day. And I was only like five. I'm like, no, this is too accelerated. <laughs> You're not supposed to see this. Give was, me the remedial. You know, class. This was this was not on a syllabus. You, this was second week. This was all. This was we supposed to eat cookies and take naps. Man, this dude was like he dunked my head under the water, and I think I swallowed the whole pool. I thought <laughs> I was, was it, it was over. I was gonna die. I could breathe. I was like, call my mother. <laughs> Call my mother right now. I want a lawyer. So that was it then you didn't go back. No, I, I didn't. I didn't go back, but then eventually uh, I did learn. Um, and then, you know, one of I was like, okay, I did learn. I'm cool because our, our middle school used to make us go. Yeah, so we would go and they would make us go. But I wasn't no crazy swimmer swimmer. You didn't love it. But didn't you love it, it, but I could I could float. So one day I was about 11, 12 years or 11. I was at a picnic. And I was running. It was it was raining outside. You know, they were like, guys, we can't get you in the pool. It's raining and my thunderstorm might die. So we was at a baseball picnic. And it was right before the city championship game. The game before, I had hit a grand slam. And I was like, oh, yeah, listen, I'm hot right now. Man, it started raining. It cleared up. And my dumb self, they said, guys, you can get in the pool. My mom said, fine. I come running down a grassy knoll. Uh oh. And I'm running downhill. The deadly grassy knoll. The deadly grassy knoll. <laughs> and a wet grassy knoll at that. <laughs> and you you know what your feet looking like. As a matter of fact, if you try to run running downhill on a hill, bro, at certain <laughs> most of the times you leave the air. Your yeah. feet are And then normal. you just leave it to gravity. You leave it to the gravity. And boy, my head tipped over and I and I tripped on something. And I didn't know what I tripped on. There were stairs that goes down to the pool. Well, evidently, like where the stairs were, I hit my big toe. Oh, no. And I hit my big toe like right at the base. And I hit my big toe. I tumbled over, spilled over, and my left arm was in the swimming pool. I got up. I said, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Don't worry about it. That like, embarrassment, but that, that was it. I said, but that's cool. But I said, oh, gee, Bush, you're funny. Then I looked down, and my toe was literally hanging. She completely broke I it. saw the bone. Oh no! It was just crooked, and I just went crazy. Oh my <laughs> God! I'm dead. Long story short, you, you your team lost the city championship game. Uh, yes, we lost city city championship and game. You did not play. I did not play. I was out eight months. I couldn't play football. I went. Oh I, my I tackled God. my mother. Um, and then I went and got it fixed. And then they called me back two days later. It was like. Yeah, these regular stitches ain't gonna work. We got to put a steel rod in it. You, and I cried again. Oh my wait, god! Wait, you tackled your mother. Oh, I tackled her because I said, "My mom, my toe," and I was already bigger than everybody. So I was like, "Oh god!" She was, she was like, "You're embarrassed for me, stupid." She thought I was just playing around. Like, You're a bush. You're just stupid. Act like it. I said, "My toe, my toe. Look at my toe, mom. Look at my toe. Is it?" And the bone was sticking. And the out. The bone was sticking out, and everybody was like, "And here's where I knew I was gone." When every, when all of the other people and the soccer moms was like, "Oh." <laughs> get, get him some ice. Oh my god. I'm like, bro. Get him to the emergency room. I was like, it was over from there. It was done. Yeah. I was like, yeah, never I'm never so swimming pools, not really. Not not in it. Nah, not nah, about nah. it. No. Nah. All right. Nah. Well, 
I was I was upset at the weather. Yeah. But you guys were not. I was not happy. Bob McNuggets. First Before of all, we get week. into today's show, we got a lot of really good stuff coming up on the docket. On Do we? Friday, we did the top five alternate jerseys for the upcoming season. We did. Mm-hmm. Now at the time we said the Oilers new uniforms, or I guess the old Oiler uniforms that the Titans are bringing back couldn't yeah. be considered because it wasn't confirmed. they weren't officially confirmed. Is well, it now? Confirmed. They came out, All and right. Steve, take tag board full. Mm-hmm. Had these been out on Friday, these would have been number one. Wow. Yeah, yep. those are Anthony, extremely fresh. let's get the full helmet shot here. We got three different pictures. What's going to be weird is these are that so without slick, the, the oil way. rig. Yeah. It that, sucks that this isn't Houston. This should be a Houston uniform, but these look so good. Yeah, so, so they I don't have the they don't have the oil rig on it? No, because they're the Titans now. But doesn't he own the oil rig? If he was the I think he does, but I I don't I think it would be confusing to fans if they went back to what used to be their logo. <sighs> yeah, the jerseys well, are sick though. But the, the color scheme, the yeah, baby yeah, blue yeah, and red. Absolutely. I think that's probably because I love the Chargers baby blue, but yeah. yellow, I don't I mean it's I, okay. I like it's Seattle's a jerseys. Seattle's are really nice, but it's just something about that baby blue and red, man. Yeah. Every, and, and you know I'm getting kind of old because when 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 I see that, I'm like, man, I, used to, I get scared because I think more on moon plan. <laughs> and I used to just <laughs> know. Earl Campbell. Yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah. Old, I think it's Earl right, Campbell. Right, right. <laughs> see, you Dan know, Pastorini. And you'd be like, dang, they play a little different. That's the first team I ever seen. I used to ask my dad, I said, Dad, how you allowed to have four receivers on the field? Like, yeah, because they were the first I, to do it. I had never seen Jerry nothing. Glanville and that run and shoot. Oh my gosh, that was impossible. Jay, they, they are going back to the Oilers helmet though. Oh really? So the, the oil rig will be on this the is, helmet. So at least I'm not sure if it'll I, be on the helmet, but they tweeted it. out from the official account. This is from the Titans. Hashtag new profile picture. Yeah, I'm assuming oh, that's if they're it's, tweeting it's out the, the old oil the rig, it's on it helmet. would go on the helmet with that jersey. I would I would guess, but that makes as much sense though as the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Like when I mean, the, it's, when, it's, the U- when the New Orleans only Jazz for two moved games, to Utah, by the way. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Trial. But they don't have jazz music in Utah. At all. <laughs> so At why all. you still the Utah the jazz? jazz? They don't have a lot of other things in Utah, <laughs> namely the people that play jazz music. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah, I'm just saying. It is, on, it is on the helmet, but they're only wearing the helmets and the jerseys for two games this year. We just saw a video. Oh, it is okay. it is on the helmet. Dang. You know what would be funny if they played the Houston Texans and wear and they wear that, that jersey. Oh, That'd be a slap in the face. It would be. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It would be a boss move. The old AFC. Back then, they didn't even have no rhyme or reason you was in a division with nobody. No, Houston. Houston and and Cleveland. No, Cincinnati, that made sense. But then they put the Jaguars in there for a little bit. The Jaguars yeah. was in the yeah, AFC. I always thought the conference that would make the division that would make the most sense would be the Colts, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Steelers. Yep. They're all within a car ride of one another. Mm-hmm. That's facts. And I'm like, even now, Baltimore is in the East. They have no, yeah. business, you know. They I, should be in the AFC East. They should be. They yeah. should. They should realign, but but they I, probably won't. I, I, all right. Uh, busy, busy show. 
busy show. We're uh, talking Browns. We're talking Guardians. Uh, later in the show, we had a lot of fun with our draft on Friday. We did a snake reverse order draft on uh, the what, what the hell? Worst teammates. Worst teammates ever, and it was it was a great draft. We had some really really bad teammates. A lot of them with Cleveland ties, unfortunately. Yeah. Today we're doing the same thing. Greatest Cleveland athletes, and this can be either athletes that are from Cleveland or athletes that played for Cleveland teams. Any sport, cross sport, you're just putting together the best team. Of and, and and per Mike's note, no picking Shaq. Yeah. So he was here for a, for a candy bar and a cup of coffee. So he doesn't count. And by the way, we have a helper today, Emma. Let me swing. Emma, do you care if I put you on camera? Yeah, let's that? show Emma for the first time. This is Emma. Emma is a Ball State track runner who's shadowing us today. Emma actually just picked the order of the draft for us. She did. She did. She didn't know what she was doing. I asked her to number these four names. Do we want Emma names. to tell us what the draft order will be? Yeah, Anthony, if you'll hit her mic and she could read. I don't know if she even knows what these numbers mean, but Emma, if you want to tell us the order. All right. I got, um, is this Earl right here? Yeah. EM is Earl. All Earl right, gets the I don't first know. pick. All right. Earl's at first. Okay. Nice, Earl. <laughs> okay. Jay, I got you at two. Okay. okay. I went two last week. That's my yeah. Mike, three. All right. And Mike is picking for the entire production team. Is Me that right? Me and Anthony. Okay. Garrett's fourth. G. Bush coming in fourth. Now, it's okay. Now, disclaimer, because me and G talked about this. So, the last yeah. time I was on, I, I won my poll. I got the belt. Oh. G said it don't count. No, it doesn't because it if wasn't against. Wait, wait, were you here? No, he I wasn't, wasn't here. here. I wasn't here. Yeah, he's wasn't. here now. I'm coming for the throne. Oh, okay. Today. Big talk. Today. Hey, you see what I'm saying, chat? Today. The it's, chat's going to be torn because I believe, I think the chat likes you too, right? Yeah. I mean, I know the chat is is got a man love crush on G Bush. So, it's all out there today. Sometimes you got to show the little bro how real it is when you go against the champ. Sometimes you got to show Big Bro that you're here now, that you're no longer next. (laughs) There it is. That you're here now. Your time is that your time is here. All right, very good. I love the I love the chatter. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I didn't do any research. It's going to all be off the top of my head, and I'm picking second. So. Yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to just see who's on the board later. Listen, I like this new strategy. Fourth, that means I come around with back-to-back Fourth picks. Fourth and fifth. Yeah, that's big. That means y'all could be out of here by that third pick. Nah. <laughs> nah. That's, this going to be a lot of fun. Okay, uh, we're starting with the Browns training camp. Uh, things are underway. And, you know, this all, this whole thing unfolds so quickly because is it is it – Next week they have a game. Yeah, yeah something crazy. Next, Next Thursday. Thursday. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, what? We here now. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> a week, two days ago, three days ago, we had no football, and uh, Thursday we got a game. That it, it just hits. Life comes at you fast. Yeah, it sure does. But like, guess what? Ain't nobody on this panel complaining. No, no. <laughs> we needed it. We needed it. Bad. Quite frankly, these summer months can get long oh. and slow. Oh my goodness. Long and slow. Uh, there's only so many times you can say who's the best utility infielder for the hey, Guardians. Hey, yeah. hey, man, yeah, give us credit. We yeah. we made Cavs Summer League trend. Oh, we did. <laughs> That's a fact. Shout That's out to UCSF. We did. We put on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start with Brown's training camp. And I want to start with kind of an issue that really is a carryover from last week. Because last week came the news that Perrion Winfrey had been released from the Browns. We all mm-hmm. saw the Instagram video. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of girls went to the nine. Mm-hmm. They shouted him out. They they called him a name. Next thing you know, there's a video on Instagram of Perrion leaving the nine, tracking one of the women down, allegedly hitting her in the neck and stealing her phones. Uh, the police were called. He did leave the phones in an alley for the for the women to get their phones back. But 
within minutes of that video hitting because when she posted it, she posted something to the effect of you good with this Browns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something yeah, along yeah, those yeah, lines. Yeah. And, and literally it was like 160 seconds and he yeah. was no longer a Cleveland Brown. It, it came at warp speed. Andrew Barry was asked about this as the media has now converged on Greenbrier, West Virginia, which is where the Browns are opening training camp. And Barry was asked pretty straightforwardly, has this episode sort of changed the way you will look at drafting guys that were initially high and slipped because of personal issues? And he actually said no. It it isn't going to affect the way he's going to do this. He said that after the arrest in April, he was arrested for uh, Perrion Winfrey was arrested in April in Texas mm-hmm. for domestic violence of a family member. Um, he said he wanted to wait and see if he showed up to camp and was ready to be an NFL player because he was pretty much told that this is it. You're on your last straw. He didn't even make it to camp. <laughs> um, so Barry's approach is no burned once not not afraid of it. I'm still going to do the same thing. If I see a player that has a lot of ability but has character flaws and slips, it won't stop him from taking this player again. Should it? Should he change the way he's doing things? Um, <clears throat> actually, Andrew Barry is, I think, is doing it the way that pretty much 98% of the teams do it. It's a case-by-case situation. Um, the more talented you are, the, the, the more leeway and opportunity you're going to get. Um, that's just the way it is with the NFL. Um, I think, the, I think the, the ship has sailed on a lot of the moral standings and moral standing ground that people have. When you're Andrew Barry and, and he's looking at it like this, no one's going to tell him he did a great job and clap it up for him if they go one and four out the gate. They go one and four out the gates, he's going to be going with Stefanski. So no one's going to say, hey, you know what? But his record, his record with players, I'll, you know what? All his players graduated from college, and you know what? You know, hey, he no had arrest. A, yeah, no arrest. Good guys. That don't work, man. I we I was at a Mac school. We went one in ten. I was at OU. We went one in ten. And when our coach tried to say we had the sportsmanship award, we were notated as one of the best teams about about sportsmanship, and we were all buttoned up and had the same length socks. I said we went one in ten. They don't care about that. Eventually, you're going to get fired. You so are what your record you says are. You are what the record says you are. So when you look at it, he's like, "Look, I'm going to take it case by case. Um, you know, we'll figure it out when we meet that different specific type player. But to be good in the NFL, even Bill Belichick, even Bill Belichick drafted Aaron Hernandez. Correct. Even Bill Belichick took Randy Moss. He brought Ocho Cinco in. He brought uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, Antonio Brown in. Yeah, all those guys. So everybody does it. It's just your reputation about it. Well, I think first and foremost, it's bad business to cut yourself off from a pool of players that's talented and possibly can help your football team just because they might have some character issues. I'm not a person that believes in second chances. I'm a person that believes in afford somebody as many chances as you as you feel necessary, right? Because people bump their head once, twice, three times, four times the whole nine. It's not something that just because somebody makes a mistake once that they're going to get it right the second time. And so I think anything that any man or woman wants is just an opportunity to prove themselves, an opportunity to rebound from any mistakes they may have made, et cetera. And if Andrew Berry keeps the open mind to continue to afford people the opportunity to change the narrative or to redeem themselves, then kudos to Andrew Berry because it shows that he cares more about these people as as men and not just players. And so I think that's a a huge component to it. 
when it comes to Curry on Winfrey, Jay, I'm with you. I think after the situation to April, they had a conversation and he let them know, like, listen, any more BS happens between here and training camp, you're gone. This is your opportunity to show me that you really want to do this. And unfortunately, you know, he let the situation get out of hand and it cost him a, 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 a spot to even compete for a roster spot on his team. So uh, kudos to Andrew Berry for keeping an open mind to continue to look at guys no matter, you know, what their background is because you got to award somebody a chance. And I think in his position, the best thing for him to do is just learn from the, you know, how to go about the approach necessarily next time. But still take the chance. But you, I want to go back to something you said. You said you're for second, third, fourth chances. So for him, Winfrey, this was chance number three. Right. I mean, you wouldn't be for him bringing him back. No, I wouldn't be for him bringing him back. So there is at some point for you a cutoff. It's a cutoff. But, and, and Perrion hit it. Right. But you know how some people say, well, I believe in second chances. Yeah. Well, not me. You could bump your head. And this is just my perspective in life, right? right. Not necessarily sports. Sure. You could bump your head five, ten times, right? Right. If I love you, if I believe in you, if I still have faith that you can overcome, I'm going to give you another chance sure. and another chance. Now, in sports, yeah, you can only go but so far with that because this is a business. And then you also have to show, show that attitude is a reflection of leadership. Right. You got to worry about the other people in that locker room. And I think it was smart for him to cut him right away because he got cut the same day that the rookies reported. Right. And to me, that sent the message to the rookies that this is how we're going to conduct ourselves that no stuff like this will be tolerated. Well, no matter what day that this event happened, it was going to be cut. It just so happened to coincide with the days the rookie reported. And I think you're right. It is a message for everybody because as the rookies were picking up their bags and coming into camp, they were hearing that one of their teammates won't be joining them. And that's always a shot across the bow. Whenever anybody gets cut, even though he wasn't a major contributor and even though there were questions of him making the team anyhow, uh, there, there were guys that had told me that it didn't look like he was going to project on the 53 anyways. You know what I, you know what I knew he was going to get cut is, and this is just he didn't even had nothing, he wasn't even doing nothing wrong with it. When he, he was off the thing with his uh, domestic violence and he was doing things, and I think it was with a relative that he got in domestic violence. When the thing happened with Greg Newsom with the cars, I was like, who was with him? Perry on Winfrey was with him, and Perry on Winfrey, like to me. He didn't do anything wrong in that situation, but what that showed me was he was out. You outside too yeah. much. You outside. You 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 just got. There's no way that if I if I'm on paperwork, if I'm on any sort of paperwork, there was no way or probation. There was no way I'm in the club at two or three. Cause guess what? I anything happened, somebody can say something to me crazy and throw a drink on me. Guess what? The cops pull up and yeah. now they got to take a statement for me. Yeah. Or I come out the club later. Somebody said that I said something. Even they know what you look like. So for me, I said, oh, he don't get it. He he's, he's he couldn't stay he away. He couldn't stay away. Yeah, just, I, I, I agree with you. I thought that was a very bad sign, even though he was sort of collateral damage yeah. in that whole thing. and yeah. was an innocent bystander. The fact that he's in the club at three o'clock in the morning in downtown Cleveland, where, you know, there are things going on right now and all the players know it. And the players are going there at their own risk. For me, at this point, if a player is involved in any kind of incident at 2.30 in the morning at a Cleveland club, and I know this is America, we have freedom, we should be able to do what we want, but the fact of the matter is you've got a high-profile job that brings you a lot of money that is at risk. Don't screw it up. And when he was there, I said, the lifetime risk, right, you could be killed. Yeah. I, I just said this guy isn't getting the message. It's not, you know, no matter what kind of trouble he's in, and by the way, um, and this might be a controversial take. I don't know if we talked about it on the shows last week when this broke because I wasn't here. 
But if you look at the video and you read the statements and find out exactly what happened, he, he was played. He, he got played. Yeah, he, yeah, now, he I'm got, not saying he's innocent here because he is not. No. But there was a trap set for yeah, him, yep. and he took the bait. And when they go through the rookie symposium, got you. They are all informed of what's out there, got you. And what certain people are are going to try to do to trip you up, got and you. how they're going to try to get their hand in your bag. And he he'd heard the message before, Man. it just didn't resonate. And now, what's most sad to me is, by all accounts, he's a likable guy. I think his teammates generally like him. I know you guys said the interaction between Perion and his teammates at the softball game was. It was very clear that they gravitate to him and they like it him. Was it's visible. not a thing. Yeah, it was no right. Like, like, like it's a fact. And and he's clearly a talented guy. Now look at that position. There's a learning curve. There's a lot of guys that come in and have the kind of season he had in his rookie year. And five years later, they're on a Pro Bowl team. So I'm not saying that he would have projected out that way. But when you like, he passes the look test. He's long. He's talented. He's got some areas in his game that he had to clean up. But now. He's probably going to go down to the UPS office and put in a job application for a driver and probably won't get hired there. I'll say this, two things on this. I was born in the inner city of Cleveland, still live in the inner city of Cleveland. So to your point, you're absolutely right. It's a lot of things that's going on in the inner city of Cleveland right now. It is not the most safe place. No. I pay attention to how I move. If I got the... Do you stay away from there? I stay away from... Intentionally? Yeah, intentionally. I, I know what's going on. Right. I, I know at first we've had conversations off air. We have. I know what's going on. I know what's up. And so, like, you know, if you're going to be out, you need to be a little bit more aware. But it's best that you're not because there ain't nothing but trouble going to find you. And they're targets. Too. Yeah. Oh. Like, those guys are targets. moving targets. If we're targets, they're targets. Yeah. But the second part of this, and, you know, we talked about this on the Behind the Glass podcast, and I became very vulnerable. You know, this was a safe, safe space for me. But, you know, I struggle periodically throughout life with my temper. And with my anger, right? And it's been something that I've over, I've came a long way, right? But I'm still smart enough to know I still got a long way to go, and so so you don't put yourself in situations that could be volatile, right? But you talked about the trap was set, and you know Mary Kay Cabot reported what the what the young lady said to him that kind of pissed him off. Reprehensible what right. she said to him. Tr- triggered triggered him. He went chasing after, et cetera. And I know I think Mike has said you know he couldn't fathom fathom how somebody saying something to you can make you react that way. Oh, no. I, Here, here's the thing. There's trigger words the, for there, people. There's a deeper, deeper-rooted issue <laughs> with Perion that might make him feel like, and I don't know him, but it might make him feel like that he always has to be on the defense. Right. That he always either physically or verbally feel like he has to protect himself, right? Sure. And so for me, my whole narrative has been for him, I don't know about football for him no more, but you're still a young man, and hopefully you, you live a long life. And unless you learn some emotional stability, emotional integrity, that type of reaction to every time somebody say something or do something is going to land you in jail or dead. And I'm not speaking out of turn. I'm speaking as somebody who struggles with this, right? Sure. And understands that, okay, if I continue to conduct myself this way, I'm going to lose a lot more than just my career. That yeah, I'm you're the one that has everything to lose. Exactly. And, and Perion was in that situation. You know, there's, there have been a million studies done that show that the male mind isn't fully developed until around 25. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying we give this guy a safety net because of that. Mm-hmm. But I also think that societally, I, I was a 23-year-old male. I was a 25-year-old male. I've been now a 50-year-old male. I, I understand the different phases of life. And I can very much tell you that I buy all of those studies that say the male mind wasn't fully de- isn't fully developed till mid-20s. 
The, the part of the brain that's still developing, by the way, is the one that they say measures risk and reward. Mm-hmm. And, and on paper, if asked, is this a smart thing to do? You would always answer the right thing. No, it's not. So they know it's not. But in the calculation of risk and reward, they're falling short and they're still entering in that trouble zone. And so because of that, like I'm not a Father Flanagan by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't know if you guys got his contact information when you when you were at the softball game. I don't know if you have it. I didn't. I wouldn't mind having him as a guest on this show. And I know some people might be upset about that because they would say, wait, wait a minute, he's a known domestic abuser. Why would you? He's a human being. Who's, who's caught up in a trap right now and had a lot of talent and his life is wrecked. Somebody better be looking out for this young man. Because hey, hey, now he's most vulnerable. He's more vulnerable now than he's ever been at any point in his life. And that's why I feel for him. <laughs> See, a lot of times when people do things wrong, a lot of times when people do things to kind of like make other people feel some type of way, they immediately try to dismiss the human. But I was raised on dislike the action not the person separate the person he, from the, he, he's from the still he's still a person and like you know i understand it i can relate to him in certain aspects right yeah like you know he got it out the trenches as we say jay sure like he had to bust his I ass and that. overcome a lot to get here and that's how i feel about me sitting in his seat sure i had to bust my ass and overcome a lot to get here and so when you understand that you have to be mindful of how you move because how how hard you work to get here it could be gone just like and that. And in his case, now it is. Yeah, w- with one wrong decision. And so, like, you know, <laughs> when things like that happen to other people, I use it as a sign of somebody speaking to me or giving me another example of what not to do. No, I understand And that I fully. truly, just truly hope, like, you know, he can overcome these personal things that he's dealing with, yeah. get another opportunity to play football, whether it's in the NFL or another league. But most importantly, man, just do the things necessarily that can have you on this earth for a long time. Before you move on, I had an uncle that lived to 103. <laughs> And we buried my uh, great aunt, I think she was like 96, 97. At the repast, he told me, the key to getting my age is knowing, a way, knowing when to walk away from BS. Yeah, no, that's very good advice. As men, we tend to ch- try to always poke our, our chest out and let it know, like, sure. you know, we ain't to be played. Sure. Sometimes you just got to let them think you can be played with. Yeah. So You're the winner when you, ultimate winner when you walk away from a situation like that. He had yeah. nothing to gain and everything to lose, and he took the bait. And now, and the long answer, which I didn't give to the question, and, and then we'll move on to the second training camp issue. I agree with you. I think Andrew Barry, like most general managers, has to look at this at a case-by-case basis. What was the young man from Georgia, Jalen Carter? Yes, yeah. Uh, his talent was jumped off the charts. Crazy. So every team in the league would have taken a chance on him at number one mm-hmm. because he's going to bring the smoke on the field. Mm-hmm. With Perry on, he had talent. Yes, he was the MVP, defensive MVP, I think, of the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. He obviously had talent, but there were questions. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have so much talent that the team was willing to take him in the first, second, or third round. Yeah. So he slipped. And I think it's smart for Andrew Barry to say, look, these are case-by-case situations. You have to meet the young man. You have to talk to the young man. You have to look into his eyes, and you have to make a judgment. Is this – because it, it could be a career-ending decision for Andrew Barry. If he makes a habit of bringing in – troubled guys that don't perform on the field and then still get in trouble, his job is over too. Yeah. So it's on the line. Proceed it with caution, but I think it's a case-by-case situation. We want to move to the wide receivers now because we had Marquise Goodwin on the show last Thursday, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Tremendous young man. Late Friday after we had left the air comes news that, and I'm guessing he knew of it when he was on the show with us Thursday. I can't imagine that 
happened after. Yeah, in such reading a short some time. in yeah. reading some things, he's known about it for a while. He didn't he didn't discuss it with us. The next day, it was announced. Um, I'm guessing as they were processing physicals or whatever, it was announced that he has blood clots. He's out indefinitely. Now remember, he was the burner that was brought in. He's, it, this would be his tenth NFL season. He's been a journeyman. He's been with a lot of different teams, the Niners, the Bears. But he's a guy that can take the top end off of defense. He has never been a huge difference maker, but he's a guy that can make plays. And they needed that. Then comes word that Anthony Schwartz is already hurt. Not, Shocker. Not a good sign for that young man. Not a good sign at all. Because if there's been a guy on the roster who's dead man walking for a couple of years, it's this guy. He needed to have not a good camp. He Absolutely. needed to have a, oh my God, he looks like Jerry Rice camp. And now he's already injured. And Amari Cooper has uh, missed a day with a tweak. They're calling a tweak. I don't make too much of that. It's very early in camp. Andrew Berry did say it's a minor tweak. Yeah. But it, it speaks to the big picture here of the room. Exactly. Yeah, the room. So are, are you guys concerned at all about the wide receiver? <laughs> I've been concerned since last year. And, and this is this is why I, I got in, I got in these little tips on Twitter with, with people <laughs> who don't understand. Uh, take it from me. If there's somebody that knows about being injured, it's me. If I, tell, I, I had all of them. If you, if you line them up, every injury on the body, I got a mark somewhere in my body for it. And what I know about injuries is I know that they're irritable. I know that they never go away. And there was no such thing as a tweak. A tweak to somebody is, oh, it hurts a little bit. A real tweak means, yeah, he slightly tore this. A tweak is, oh, listen, that's a, that's a, a third degree sprain of this. Which now, is a landmine down the future, and which down is, the road. Which is, and he's going to – now, mind you, they ain't even hit nobody yet. And when we was talking about DeAndre Hopkins, we had so many people dismissive of the fact of we don't need X, Y, Z. Just put any name in there. We don't need them. We got this person, this person. I said, oh, really? Do you got those people? Because last time I checked, Anthony Schwartz, he's always hurt with a hamstring. Then you get the news of Marquise Goodwin. That was one of your major guys you brought in. Now, Those are your two fastest receivers. Two fastest receivers. Now you got a bunch of guys with the same build. DPJ, Cedric Tillman, Amari Cooper ain't beating nobody in no races like that. Now, get it? Amari Cooper is on a different level. We're not even going to keep him out of it. But I told people, I said, listen, if you, if you lose Amari Cooper, what does your room look like? He just had surgery in the offseason. Well, G. Bush, you can say that about any team. No, you can't. No, you can't. If you, the offense lose Tyreek Hill, guess what? They still got Jalen Waddle. Hell, the Bengals lost their first two receivers, and our defensive uh, secondary coach said uh, he didn't know how to react he, without them in the game, and they still, and still, they still be, walked all over us. There are teams with great receivers from top to bottom, and, and I'm looking at the, the Browns roster, and I'm saying, listen, they're, they're, we're projecting a lot. The only guy that has a track record of success is Amari Cooper. Elijah Moore, we love him. We think he's going to be good, but the numbers don't bear it out yet. We look at DPJ. We love him. We like where he came from. Like you say, he got it out the mud in the trenches. We like guys like that. But still, he, he he hasn't put on to a level where he's a number one, number two type receiver where he's going to command coverage being rolled his way. People are not scared when DPJ goes out there. And then you got a bunch of other guys that question marks. David Bell, not very fast. I didn't see much from him last year. Anthony Schwartz, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, I love his attitude, love him as a player. But he's been traditionally injured as well. So my question is, when you're coming out here with a Deshaun Watson who looks like you, they, you guys are going to throw the ball and the, the offense is open. I, I, I don't 
No, I don't feel good about the receiver. So room. one to ten concern meter. Six. Ten, ten being I got to go get another receiver. One, we're gonna be I, fine. Where are you, Earl? I'm about a two or a three. You're I not think, concerned then? I think I, honestly, I evaluate the situation from where we at right now. We didn't get DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, cool. But I, I listened to Andrew Berry's press conference yesterday, Kevin Stefanski's, and more importantly, Deshaun Watson's. And Deshaun Watson said something that's still in my head. We got a talented group. I understand that y'all just don't know who their names are yet. When you look at the guys that's in question, first and foremost, shout out to Marquise Goodwin. Blood clots is a scary thing. You know, so as far as just life goes, I pray that he recovers. And if he can contribute to the Browns this year, fine. If he can't, I totally get it because we understand what his situation is. Sure. I didn't look at Anthony Schwartz as somebody that was going to make this football team anyway. I didn't Jay. either. I didn't look at him as somebody that was going to have an impact. When I visualized the wide receiver room, he was never somebody that I even had on the depth chart. Yeah, so I'm not gonna, and I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm not going to look at that like, okay. But what about the Amari It's a, it's a big thing. deal. When I watched the interviews, right, one of the things that I learned when I worked for the city of Cleveland, I took a management class, and they talked about the biggest sign of communication is your body language. Nothing about Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Berry's body language showed me that I should have reason to be concerned about Omari Cooper yeah. right now. So as long as Omari is good, I'm good. But when you look at the core pass catchers, right, or, or the guys that they bought in, the Elijah Moore, you know, the Tillman, the good one, uh, even somebody I always talk about, Jordan Atkins, the tight right. end, who Mary Kay Cabot talked about over this past week. Yeah, he's a tight end, but he's more like a big body wide receiver. Sure. And so when I look and at those and those are a commodity now. Right. And so when I look at the guys who actually are experiencing some injuries right now, no, it's not pause for concern because if it's just a tweak for Amari, it's just a tweak. Last time I checked, Elijah Moore is fine. Donovan Peoples-Jones is fine. Every single tight end that we're going to depend on, they are doing okay. The rookie seems to be impressive and has chemistry with Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, it might suck to not have the speed of Marquise Goodwin, but I never looked at Anthony Schwartz as somebody that was going to make this team. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not really real concerned sure, right shoot. now. Earl, to what you said about listening to Deshaun's interview and Stefanski and Barry speaking of the receivers, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I also don't know if listening to them say that changes my opinion because what are they supposed to say? Hey, my guy's kind of Oh, he said he was looking at their body language. Sometimes when a guy is saying something with his mouth, He's saying something else with, with his, his shoulders yeah. and with his face. Oh, no, I get that. And I'm just saying sometimes. So he's just saying that it, no, I get what as he's looking saying, past the words. Yeah, 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 right. No, I, I, I just have saying, learned never when, to when, always. When I'm watching them at the podium and I'm mm-hmm. reading their body language, and I, I ain't, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, right? but I spent seven years as a supervisor. Yeah. I can read body language pretty well. Sure. So, like, the words you use matter, but your, your body temperament says a lot. And they didn't seem like they were overly concerned. Yeah. So um, I, I'm somewhere in the middle on you guys. Mike, I've watched uh, – I've seen head coaches and general managers stand in front of media gatherings and say things that I already knew was factually incorrect. No, no, that, 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 And yeah. I literally would look at them and go, holy hell, this dude should be an actor because I know for a fact what he's saying is not true. I know for a fact it's not. I've talked to the player. Yet he stood up there and with all the conviction in the world, sold it to the media. And most of us bought it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not so, saying I mean, Watson or them are lying. I'm just saying I, I've And they're grown. good at it, too, because in the draft, they've got to be masters of misinformation. Right. They stand in front of the media all the time and say, oh, I love this player. <clears throat> if this player's on the board, he's mine. But I do and believe. And when they say that, you can bet they're not going to take but it. But I do and Andrew Berry said this yesterday. You know, this is the opportunity to evaluate the roster that you put together in the spring. 
training camp will show you, you know what I mean? Because right. you're not going to get it all the way right. And I think if something was to happen to somebody that they believe is going to be a major contributor in a pass catching right. room, then there's still guys that you can go out there and get. There is depth in numbers you know, right now. Denzel Mims, right? The Jets wide receiver who couldn't get on the field. Right. Uh, the Detroit Lions just made a trade for him. I thought that was a, a steal, if I'm being totally honest with you. Okay. So, like, there, there's moves to be made. And I think Andrew Berry has at least proven that he can go out here and make a deal if he absolutely has to. You're a I, six, G. Bush? I'm a six. The reason I'm a six because we see me. <clears throat> they talk about, oh, well, you, you might not know these names. Oh, we do know the names. You might not know the names. I saw him play all last year. Yeah. I saw David Bell do nothing last year. I seen Anthony Schwartz do nothing for a couple years. Oh, and Harrison Bryant, you're just a name. I ain't seen nothing either. But Deshaun Watson wasn't throwing the ball. He wasn't throwing a rock to him. That's 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 the thought process. But guess what? That don't make cats faster. True. The, the part of that kills me with the Cleveland Browns is this. I watch other teams, and those other teams do this. Two plays, three plays, score, touchdown, deep yeah. threats. Yeah. They got a different type of offense. If you think that I, if even when Amari Cooper on the field and Donovan Peoples Jones is on the field, I'm not threatened vertically. I, I, I don't have to. I don't have to roll nobody. No way. You need one of those you, Goodwin or Schwartz to, to you need, scare a defense of the deep three. I'm not, I, I'm not taking that away G, but I, maybe I'm just a little bit more optimistic with you when I look at it like this. You can have all the speed in the world. Your 40 time can be whatever it is, but when you got game speed, and when you're that type of route runner who can actually, you know, run your way open, now all of a sudden you look faster than what your 40 time is. That's, that's and true. So, and so when I look at the depth of the pass catchers, forget just the wide receiver room, right? Mm -hmm. You brought in Jordan Atkins, a guy who Deshaun Watson has previous experience sure. with. A guy that he trusts in the red zone. And Njoku's paid like a top three. Yeah, and then you still got Harrison Bryant, who the jury is honestly still out on. We know what yeah. his college career was. He has yet to show it in the league. But when I look at this collective group, I can't sit up here and harp on last year when everybody is telling me right. the entire offense is different. Okay, but there is one thing. He would have never went and got Marquise Goodwin if he thought the speed was there. Well, he I, think, never I, think, I think the Schwartz. Goodwin move was anticipation that Schwartz will not be there, and you better have a top-end threat right. or all the teams in the league are going to put a 15-yard cap on your offense and they're going to shorten your, your deck. And that's hard to, to succeed when when there's no deep threat on the field. I think that's what Marquise Goodwin is. Now, your insurance policy on speed is just now been listed out indefinitely. You also got so Jakeem Grant, too. That's Yeah, that's true. We don't know what okay. he's going to do. Hey, that's hey, true. Thank you. Hey, good, good one. Hey, good. That's a good one. Yeah, because we for, well, I we forgot that. about him because he never played. Because he was hurt last year. He, he one got, other thing before we turn the page to the Deshaun Watson topic. I'm about a three today. If Amari misses Thursday, I'm about a five. And if it lingers, I'm about a seven. Because he is the sun to the wide receiver universe. And if you take the sun out, it gets dark real fast. That's where I'm at with G. The fact that I don't believe that the Amari Cooper situation is serious. Right. So I'm that's, chill. That, that's fine. Like, like I'm but real chill. as this thing goes on, if the ding turns into he's out for a couple days, then he misses some preseason action. If they come back then I get real concerned. And, and we got to keep this in mind. It ain't like Elijah Moore is slow. That no, dude got no, he's weird. not. No, he's so, not. So you still got somebody. But again, that can take the to top G. Bush's point. Unproven commodity. Uh, he's true. Unpro he's That's unproven. true. Doesn't That's mean true. he can't bust out of the scene. That's true. If, if We've I seen see that before. man on that bike on that sideline when he come back to Cleveland, you do whatever they want to in, in West Virginia, whatever. Y'all playing golf and hanging out good, team building. But if you get back here and I see you on camp contracting over there on the sideline, I'm going to be like, whoa, hey, yeah. what's it's going gonna get, on? What are we doing get here? Concerning quickly. Okay, 
Let's move to our last training camp uh, topic, and that's Deshaun Watson. Uh, appeared calm. He told the media yesterday that he shared his personal story. We have the sound with his teammates. Let's play it. Yep, go ahead. Let's this play. From this Mary is Kay. This is Deshaun Watson telling his story to his teammates as part of the 4-H's program. Kevin's defense game from men at camp. Take it. Uh, you know, Gainesville, Georgia, 815 Ashton Square, the session of apartments. You know, that type of situation of, you know, when I was a young kid, I didn't think of the NFL. I didn't know I was going to make it out of high school. My mom being sick and having tongue cancer and not being able to eat solid food ever again. You know, not having a father figure in my life ever. Probably 27 years, only seeing him four times. You know, and, you know, different stuff like that is just is things that people don't really get to hear about. You know, especially the last year has been, you know, the media directing and narrating something, something, something else. Um, you know, it's, it's been kind of overshadowed. So, have an opportunity to tell that story in front of those guys and look their teammates in their eyes and be able to touch them and let them know how, you know, why I am who I am, you know, is definitely a problem. Kevin City. There's a lot there. And we had a long discussion in our chat thread yesterday. Yeah, we did. Amongst all of us. And I know, Earl, you have some pretty strong thoughts on this, so I'm going to start it off with you. Just your overall consensus of what Deshaun said in that soundbite. Man, I'm a thousand percent behind Deshaun Watson, if I'm being all the way honest with yeah. you, Jay. A thousand percent behind him. I think, I think, every, I think everybody I, I is. think he seemed calm. I think he seemed confident. I think he spoke authentically. I think he was as transparent as he could be. Um, you know, we went back and forth there, basically, but we could take him behind the scenes a little bit. You know, Bull dropped a tweet in there from somebody, and, you know, the tweet, it kind of pissed me off because how he chose to frame the text of the tweet was not nowhere near do what we, Deshaun Watson said. Do we said. got that? So we actually do. We can, can we, show you the tweet Because I think here. it'll make sense. Yeah. Yeah. We need context. Yeah, yeah. We, need, so we, we, need we need the context. context of it. And this is Anthony Pope, the tweet in a sec. Bull sent us this tweet. Bull did not tweet out the tweet. No. Uh, Anthony, pull it up. Sent it to us for us to look at. Um, Give us one second. We've got we to gotta find it again. So it, I can paraphrase. Basically, the reporter hopped on the one part where he talked about the media decided last year to focus and narrate on something else. Right. Now, there's a lot going on in that piece of it. It's, I think it's telling that there will be reporters that glom on to that. Why? Clickbait. Clickbait. That's what people want. This, this reporter wants people to click on his tweet. It, Bull did it. Bull sent it to us. We chatted about it. Um, and here it is. And, and here it is. Now we're talking <laughs> well, about we're it on talking the air. About it, right? but, but your problem with it was that the reporter decided to highlight that piece of what he said. Here, here's my thing, and this is just my opinion. When you make your mind up that you don't like somebody, you've already formed a biased opinion of them. Yes. And so when that's the case, you, you're looking for low-hanging fruit. This is true. You're looking for anything that you can to further support whatever opinion that you already have. And the way that it was framed, I watched the whole 17 and 10 minute, uh, 17 minute and 10 second seconds. interview of Deshaun Watson. And when he was asked that question, he never chose to, he never made it seem like that the media was at fault for his lawsuits or that the media painted some picture, et cetera. And you know, and, and you know, Bull said to me, well, they were allowed to talk about it. You're absolutely right. Nobody is saying that the media was not allowed to talk about what was going on. You have an obligation to do so. But at the same time, you also have a choice. If you wanted to make the choice to actually do research into the history of Deshaun Watson and talk about that as well as the other stuff, 
you could have done so. Yeah. But you chose not to do so. And to me, but I'm Earl, not, I'm Earl, not, all I'm saying not is not in Jay, defense of this reporter, but that's the media machine. That, uh, and I Sadly, get that. But that's how they work. I, and I'm starting to learn as I grow in this business. And yeah. I understand everybody go about Negativity things. sells. It their sucks. Same way. I hate it. But I it get sells. it. But it's, it's just like, man, come on. Don't start this right now. And you had a great point that made me think about something. You know, you said that if they're going to ask them these type of questions, just walk the hell off. You know, to me, you spoke about it yesterday. There is no absolute reason spoke for about it all last year. There's no bro. reason for people to keep talking to you about last year. When Here's you're trying the thing to move that forward. disappointed me. He brought it up. And my overarching bottom line of all of this is here's how you avoid the controversy, okay? You don't let a door be open to any discussion about what happened last year. Right. Last year has to be dead right. and buried in a concrete vault and sealed with steel all the way around it. It cannot be broached. It cannot be discussed. It happened. Let's hope Deshaun grew from it. But my, my disappointment was this young man has to be coached to where he has to be told if they bring it up and someone will, what did you learn from last year? There's got to be an off-ramp for you. And here's the off-ramp. I looked at my watch before I came out here and my calendar tells me it's July 2023. I live my life looking out the windshield not the rearview mirror. Everything that happened affected me as an individual, and it's part of the person that I am standing in front of you today. But what happened in 2021 or 20 or 19 or last year with the legal system, it's over. And I'm going to get this out of the way here on the first day of training camp, and I'm going to be polite. I'm just going to tell you what my plan of attack is going to be. I'm done talking about it. If you want to talk about the 2023 Cleveland Browns or what I've done to physically prepare myself for the season, I'm all ears. I am. I will stand here until I've got no more words for you and you've got no more questions for me. But when you go and ask me to look in my rearview mirror, I will politely walk away from the interview and my access or your access to me will be greatly diminished. And I don't think you want that. I don't think you want that. He's speaking uh, facts. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm not laughing like I'm not because laughing. Because he's telling the truth. I'm not laughing. I'm laughing because I would be, I would be <laughs> the guy next to you, but I mean, shut up. You sure. about to get the access well, cut And off. that's where peer pressure comes in, bro. Like, come on, bro. You're the media can act like a mob mentality. Because mm -hmm. once one question's fired, then they all feel, oh, now oh, it's free game. So they can act like a mob mentality, but they can also put pressure on other reporters. Bro, we need him. Mm. We have to have access to him every day. He's our link to the team. Don't, Don't piss him off. Him. Why, why antagonize him for any reason? Right now, so the fact that I was most disappointed that he went there. He wasn't asked about it. He just said, you know, it, you know, the media wanted to narrate a different story. Like, don't even go there. Don't open the door. Just leave it in that concrete box with steel wrapped around it. Nothing gets in, nothing gets out. That's the past. You will not have a successful season if you have to relitigate 2022. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. And so, I don't know who's advising the young man. I don't know if the Browns media relations team has helped him and coached him or if his agent or if his lawyer, but here's the facts. He can't go there and he's got to make it clear that the reporters aren't going to go there either. To your point and, and G, I'll let you get yours up, but, but to your point, and this is where I agree with you out on this, right? 
I use stuff like this in the analogy of a plane. There's a, over a thousand flights that take off every single day. They land safely every single day. But you know what we talk about? The crash. The plane that crashes. Sure. That was the one part of the entire interview that we can argue and say, okay, that was the plane that crashed. But nobody talked about all the planes that landed. You're right. Nobody talked because we set and up that's here. That's the media. Yeah, as because, much as I hate it, Earl. But, but that's, that's the truth. The media. Because we set up here on this show and, and it's not even shows. all the media. It's one guy. Yeah, but just, just this show, other shows, we talked about Deshaun Watson traveling the world, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody talked about how when he when Kevin Stefanski talked about Deshaun Watson was in a facility days before he was supposed to report, or how Deshaun Watson has put in so work to be prepared. He talked about if I'm sitting at home. And I ain't got nothing to do. I'm going to Berea to go watch film. And Kevin Stefanski periodically will walk in like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And so I think that people who don't like Deshaun Watson, they love talking about the one plane that crashes. And they never want to talk about the planes that land safely. And I understand where he was coming from when he talks about his history. I've been a huge fan of Deshaun Watson since Clemson. I'm 35. I watch a lot of, lot of college football. I understand who he is. Jay, the history of doing community work. I know. He's, he's been, you know. His story's unbelievable. He's been doing that. But when he was going through everything that he was going through, again, I understand what the narrative was, but you still have a choice. You could have talked about that narrative, and you could have talked about other things if you wanted to. And they don't. Nobody chose to do that. Well, I don't want to say nobody chose to do that. First of all, his story was widely told while he was a senior at Clemson. Widely told. So that was a story that we'd all heard before. We knew about the hardships. We knew about the fatherless upbringing. We knew about a lot of the turmoil and strife that he faced as a young man. And quite frankly, this country rallied around him. He was a wildly popular player. It was still wild. All still of popular. the people that I talked to in Houston that interacted with him on a regular basis have told me nothing but what I found to be true firsthand myself. Unbelievable person, kind, caring, generous, authentic. All of this groundwork has been laid and well-documented. Mm -hmm. And then comes the story of the massages. And all of a sudden, and this is the media in general, not just the sports media, it's the media. Oh, yeah. They want to get their teeth into something that's negative. You know why? Because study after study after study, and now metrics after metrics after metrics show, put a good story out there and see how many clicks it gets. But put a scandal, put the word scandal in your headline. I mean, and, you're, and, and now see how much. And, and unfortunately, the media man. landscape right now is so fractured that nobody's getting a big piece of the pie. There's a million entities getting a small sliver. Well, a small sliver isn't enough to eat on. Right. So they're yeah. trying to make their sliver bigger. How do you do that? Deshaun Watson shows no remorse from last yeah, year. Give me Blames that, media. Give me, give me that, give me that, give me that quote again. You want the tweet? What, yeah, this give me that tweet. tweet that Look at the first couple discussion. words. The first yeah. couple words in the tweet. You think it's easy? Yep. And that's what's going to get traction for the tweet. Boom. And if you listen to the quote, Watson blames the media. If you listen to the quotes, the same exact quote. This is the same video Mary Kay tweeted. This is the quote that we played at the very beginning, ten minutes ago when we started this. If you took out of what he said that he was blaming the media for. That's why it's very that, important you listen to the whole thing. Exactly, yes. and that and that's why tweets like this, frankly, piss me off. And yeah, so, it was it's absolute clickbait. He's he's. I, I want to say this. Um, I, I don't want to say that he's factually wrong, because even though he never used the word blame or narrative, he did say media narrate 
And so this reporter just took liberty and said, I'm going to take it to the next level. He exactly. blames the media. Exactly. That's where he makes a mistake. And that's where he causes credibility to the media in general. It, because our, our approval rating as a group is 18%, fellas. I mean, I mean there's a reason for that. I got an issue. I got an issue with it. I had an issue with it. I, I wasn't even in I was in the chat. I looked at it and was like, man. Had you seen it before or no? No. Nah, like, I, I, I was. I, woke I hadn't up, seen it either. I woke he up. You seen my response? <laughs> yeah, I seen, I seen her responses. I was like, oh, man, what y'all talking about over here? So I, <laughs> I got into it late. But my, my thought process when I were, when I saw it was, okay, well, I expected the first part, but the, the, but the second part where he says, Zero zero shame, or he didn't learn. Didn't learn. Yeah, from how did he get zero remorse zero, out of that comment for league mandate counseling and, and treatments? And see, first of all, I got a problem with this. See, there's when you see these people going off in in you know people going off in in, in malls about I, I want my food or I'm not gonna wear no mask. You see all these people losing, just losing their mind, caught on 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 tape. They gave me a parking ticket. I'm going to just yell at the cop. These people is out here going crazy, bro. It's calling the cops on people for, for, for selling water on the street. What I've learned is there's been this thing where everybody is entitled now. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And the individual people think their opinions be counting like that. It's because of social media, G. <laughs> you see, see this guy right here. Somebody needs to tell him. It's nice that you wrote this story, and we understand what you were trying to do, but you're not the story, young man, and you will never be the story. We can choose whether or not we click on your story and be outraged. I choose to look at your story and say, it's just another dude trying to get a dollar. At the end of the day, what you're saying does not matter that much in the scheme of things. It's football season. And I've always tried to tell people, it's, it's a certain thing, the laws of power are, are this. Sometimes you have to elevate yourself above. And I can understand where Deshaun Watson is mad because there's this thought process in this country where if you're tried once by a group of people and you let go, then the, the thought process is you gotta prove yourself to each individual person and, and you gotta prove to them that you're rehabilitated. Well, I'm sorry, bro. Some of these writers need to understand this. He got $238 million. He's going to be rich forever. He's uh, an athlete who has access to a lot of people and women like him. You got to be guilty. You got to be cool with that. Because at the end of the day, that's the reality of it. Some people that's writing these stories, I don't know whether they feel they, they, they can virtue signal enough that one day that they'll listen. I'm okay with it. I'm not getting 238. I mean, Jay, he's not getting 238. Earl ain't getting. We we okay with it. We we like what we do. But if you're gonna sit up here and write these stories and you gonna virtue signal all the time and, and think you can get people riled up, there's a whole lot of stuff that I'm 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 upset about that happens in the news every single day. But then you know what y'all say? They say G. Bush can't get mad about everything. Yeah, you can't change that. It is selective outrage. They, I think, you know, 
the, to your point, the virtue signaling, you know, it's easy to say that the 25 women were wrong and he was the, he was the, the accused. He, and, and, and it, it ends there. He was never convicted. He was never charged. Yeah. There, these were civil lawsuits, which, by the way, I can bring a civil lawsuit on you right now. And say you, it says you you assaulted me in the face. And, and you now I got to prove it. it. And, you, and then you got to wear that. Yeah. Then yeah. you have to wear that. And now until everywhere you go, to you go, can you imagine yeah. everywhere you go, there's a microphone in your face. What, what do you have to say about the 25 people that are filing lawsuits against you, saying that you punched them in the face? Well, I can't disprove it. I, I mean, I, I can't. I I don't know how I'm going to prove that I never punched them in the face. They've got to prove that I did punch them in the face. And by, by the way. If all of them or any of them had all this proof, why would you settle? Yeah, right. Let's play the long game. <laughs> I, I got the proof. And by the way, and by the way, I think what he's talking about with the with the thing, and, and, and a lot of people at the time were didn't want to say this, but it's been proven factual. If you look at the court documents and cases, there are people that that blatantly lied. The, the judge has already told three or four of these people blatantly lied about why they wanted the money. They wanted money and they say, hey, I, he didn't do nothing to me, but I just wanted the money. Now, when you talk about presenting what you want to present, I think half of what Deshaun Watson is saying is, look, some of them could be credible at the end of the day and we'll go through the litigation on it. But at the end of the day, y'all got to understand something. They made me to him. I think they made him and he feels he was made to apologize and to and to take responsibility. Imagine if for you didn't do it that and, he and, didn't and, do. And there's a part of society, the media, that demands that you're remorseful and you apologize. Every single time for the rest of your life. And even though you Why? know and was never convicted, you got to wear that. And then every time something happens, they won't let you move on and they continue to say, well, how how remorseful do we want him to look, huh? I mean, if, if he throws seven touchdown passes after a game, are y'all going to still want him to be remorseful? Well, you're laughing on the sideline with your teammates. Yeah, because I threw seven touchdown passes. Well, I mean, it doesn't look like you're really remorseful. You got to do something more for me individually. No, yeah, we're I not mean, doing that. It'd we're be one thing that. if he was provably guilty or he, he came out and said, you know what, I did some of this and I'm very sorry. But he has steadfastly stood by his story that he's never done anything to any of these women that was either illegal or immoral. If that's his story. And until someone shows me definitive proof that he's lying, then I don't think there's any reason for him to be remorseful or for him to apologize because you're not going to apologize for being accused of hitting 25 men in the face when you didn't do it. Yeah. And you know you didn't do it. Yeah. So here's our guys. I want to kind of make a little pact here amongst us. I'm really done talking about this nonsense. I really am. I want to talk about football. I want to judge this young man on touchdowns and interceptions. I, we, we are not a judge and a jury, and we, we're not fit or equipped, or do we have enough information to judge him on these uh, and, accusations? And, and we don't have so, to do the national media's bidding. No. Like, y'all keep really coming wanna, down I here I just want to leave it no. alone. Unless something major happens where we're, we're presented with new information that we've never had, I just think it's nonsense for us to dive in this rabbit hole every time. You know what's funny? And we'll move on. When I initially sent the rundown out yesterday, it was before our whole discussion on the tweet and the right, way that was right. worded. Getting into any of this wasn't actually where we wanted to I go. I know it wasn't. It yeah. was from Bull's tweet. And it, it ended up being, and I think it's good for us to— But I'm good with the dropping no, 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 it. I think it ended up being a good turn of events to have this conversation we just had today. To put it in a vault and, and be now done we're good. With it. And yeah. now we're good. And so I, I'm here to make that fact— the only way I'm going to talk about Deshaun Watson and accusations and 25 women is if, if we're presented with a new, credible piece of information that we absolutely have to discuss. 
Other than that, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson, the football player, and nothing else. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm for it. I, I'll say this, and, and I'll move on for it and be totally done. Whether he was right, wrong, guilty, or not, we all know as men and as just humans throughout life, if you really, like, dig down and, and go through your storm, you can grow through the things that you go through. Sure. And one of the things that people, one of the factors in healing that people always kind of overlook is time. And if he's used his time wisely to grow and be more wise and make better choices, then as time continues to pass, we'll get further away from it. But I'm with you, man. I want to talk about football. I do, too. This is one hell of a football player when we see him at his best. That's exactly right. That's what I want to talk about. That's exactly right. And look, if he's bad as a football player, We'll it's on. our job to talk, we'll talk about, about him being, being bad, bad as, as a football player. player. We will talk about Deshaun Watson. But if he's one way great as a football player, it's also our job to talk yes. about how great he is. And, and that's all I want to do. Exactly. Okay. Right. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.